And now for something completely different. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal, the full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show, presented by RIA Advisors. And happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here with Danny Ratliff, CFP. We're here to serve you. This weekend couldn't come fast enough. It's been one of those weeks. It's been interesting. <laughs> Kids are back in school, though. Thank goodness. Are Woo-hoo. they? Oh, yeah. yeah. School started. Yeah. Heck, yeah. It is Feeling good about that. It's Yeah. Heck, yeah. <laughs> it's great. So Michelle's They're loving good. it. Everybody's feeling good about it. They feel good. We feel good. Um, yeah. Good. good. Can't complain. Good feedback so far so far so good yeah okay. they're, they're enjoying it good teachers so good. we've been blessed so far you know i mean it's one of those deals first couple of days of school i don't know how much you actually get out of it other than just going through the motions you're so bleary-eyed because you got to get back on schedule again yeah i think that's been that's... the hardest part but it's been great i'm like hey guys it's like six o'clock it's time for bed <laughs> what what yeah the sun is still out sorry buddy <laughs> school rules Speaking of sunny skies, futures are up. Dow futures up 97. S&P futures up. It's been a nice counter trend rally. It's been nice to see volatility drop off, Danny. It's been nice not to hear everybody complaining about stocks. It it is, but you know what's so weird? My hair is growing back a little bit. Nothing has technically changed, right? Fed still has the (laughs) same verbiage. Um, We're saying the same things we said a month ago, yet the market's reacting completely different to it at the moment. Well, if I hear that P word one more time, I'm, I'm going to be peed. But that pivot is ridiculous. Inflation is easing. You can't even put that in the same inflation and easing in the same sentence. It's sort of ridiculous. Don't you think so? Well, this morning, the headlines are saying that markets are up because inflation has peaked. Well, we can say you that know? basically We're every saying- month, right? So the probability of the 75 basis uh, Fed hike in September dipped below 50% based on that softer-than-expected CPI report. But you all have to remember, the Fed could not be clearer about what they are going to do. To get to the 2% um, nebulous target for inflation, they're going to need to break something. (laughs) I mean, look at where unemployment is, right? We've had, in labor force participation rate, this is a stubborn number. Mm -hmm. They are going to have to, like I said, break something. And I, this market is totally on the other side of the boat. June, it was the, the, the dark side of the boat. Now we're on the happy margarita side of the boat. There's nobody in the middle of the boat. Everybody's on one side or the other. So we are definitely overbought short term. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where we go from here. Uh, obviously, earnings season... Um, is over. I guess it wasn't as bad as expected, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's been, it, that's what's been so interesting. You're getting mixed data, right? You get earnings that aren't as bad, you forward guidance on some companies, especially mm-hmm. retailers was rather poor. But you look at credit card debt, for instance, going through the roof. Consumers mm-hmm. are not nearly as healthy as what, what everybody's been telling us they were. And yet we're not in, or, or are we? I mean, I can't tell. Are we in a recession? Are we not? Depends on which definition we go by this week. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that's what's really, you know, one of the interesting things about this time. And, and Lance talked about this for a while, mm -hmm. right? We talked about that everybody's on one side of the boat. We're likely going to see a shift, and then you potentially start to get other data that comes in. Um, but core CPI, that was down slightly, not a ton. Slightly. You know, and also, obviously, gas prices are down. But look correct. at where they are in relation to where they were. Yeah. <laughs> so there's still a lot of pain. And to your point, Danny, household balance sheets are not looking as healthy. And then we're going to see if this bill gets signed in. By the way, I had to have a conversation with someone yesterday who is trying to tell me that if corporate taxes go up, it won't affect you and me. And it was funny because... I laughed with that whole thing. I said, you know, uh, it, taxes are an expense for a company. And when co companies have expenses, what do they try to do? Oh, they try to, they try to, they try to lower them. Sure. Right. Well, how do you lower them? <laughs> Who's going to pay the price for that? Well, who is going to pay the price for that? Is it going to be the employees? Is it going to be the consumers? Who is it going to be exactly paying the price for higher taxes. I think it's both, right? But mm -hmm. you've already seen the consumers paying that with this inflationary pressure where corporations are, you know, they've had to pass on these price, you know, basically doing price hikes. And they're still looking to do it. Correct. And if they and can still push, and I'm shocked that they're still able to do that. Like Chipotle said, we're raising prices again. Now, I guess for, they know the demand for their product. They know how much they can push. Certain companies are done, though. Mm -hmm. They can't go any any further so when you said, look at inventories right right it's a big part of it right right i mean obviously what's where inflation has come down or has been transitory um has been in stuff you really don't care about right i mean except maybe for cars right but if you look at owner equivalent rents you look at everything you need from day to day inflation is painful yeah, if I want to go buy sweatpants in Texas, I'm going to get a good deal. If I want to buy patio furniture, I'm going to get a good deal. And, Danny, it's based on what you said, bloated inventories. But food prices, energy prices, right? And I don't know how anybody's taking credit. I wouldn't, if I were a president, I would not want to take credit for these lower energy prices, these lower gas prices, because that's because of demand destruction. Yeah, lower, lower than what? Lower demand, right? Correct. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm saying to you, I'm really happy demand is less. So which means economic activity is less. So it's uh, it's bizarro world. <laughs> yeah, but, but we've been judging, you know, presidents really for the last, you know, more than a decade. Absolutely. Been judging themselves off of the market. So markets up this last couple of weeks. Hey, looks good. Yeah, it's a great thing to, to kind of pinpoint. <laughs> We're going to benchmark to this. They, they may regret that later, though. Well, the benchmark's a moving target. Yeah. For right. every president, by the way, the benchmark changes, right? But obviously, the president is going to bear the brunt of the economy, um, the market, and so forth, whether or not they have control over it or not. Obviously, you do need to watch the Fed more than anything else and what they say. And I, I don't really think they can be any more direct. I mean, they're pretty much hitting investors over the head. And I'm really concerned, Danny, uh, that as the stock market is recovering, that the Fed goes, man, we can go ahead and try to break things as, you know, bigger hammer because obviously it's okay. Yeah. Right. So they're like given the market's given the all clear to the Fed to 
keep on rolling. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see where this all collides. And hopefully we're out on vacation that week. Oh, that's the way it always happens. <laughs> it does. I mean, it's inevitable. Uh, you're away for two days and the whole world falls apart. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Overall. So, again, we have futures up today. Um, people, I had talked to quite a few people this week, Danny, that <clears throat> I tried to get them back into the mindset of June. How they felt and how they're feeling today and what that means for their portfolio. We're going to talk about that when we return here on Financial Fitness Friday. Stay tuned. Thanks for being with us. We'll be right back. daily investment news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com hi lance roberts here if you're like most people your 401k plan represents the bulk of your retirement assets and unfortunately for many managing your 401k plan can be difficult there's so many choices so many things to consider with just a quick email a couple of questions you can put ria advisors to work for you managing your 401k plan get started right now at the website realinvestmentadvice.com or simply call our toll free number 855-RIA-PLAN or again simply online at realinvestmentadvice.com the real investment show Welcome back, everyone. This is Janet yelling in for the boys because I just hired them as IRS agents because they will work more than 50 hours a week. They do be, they are on call 24-7, including holidays and weekends, and they can shoot people too. So if you don't sign your 1040, pew, 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 pew. If you, if you do take too much of a deduction, pew, pew. We call that grand theft granny. G-D-D-G. How do you like that one? You've been thinking of that one for a minute? Two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah, this IRS job is pretty cool. It's like almost all of our job except for the carrying the firearm. <laughs> Yeah, don't worry. We're not going after anybody but the rich. But we need 50,000 <laughs> agents for that. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> of course. That's something else. Um, so <clears throat> one of the uh, few people I've talked to, I've been trying to get them back into the f mindset of the past. Going back to pre-rally markets and having them relive the phone calls they made to me about how they need to get out of the market. All right, it's only going to go down. I don't know what to do. And now they're not panicking anymore, Danny, but I'm telling them that they should. 
because they obviously cannot hold stocks through cycles. So maybe now is the time for them to trim back their equity holdings. In other words, don't get complacent because remember that feeling you had when you were suffocating from recency bias where the current trend was going to continue forever and we were saying there is going to be a bounce. There is going to be a reflexive bounce. It always happens. This one took a little bit longer, but it did. But now is your time from a position of strength. If you are unhappy, if you were unhappy and now you're relieved, well, you shouldn't have been unhappy or relieved now, which means your portfolio allocation might be out of whack. So now is the time when you're in the eye of the storm and it looks clear for you to revisit how much risk you're willing to take. And a few of those clients that I talked to said, you know, it was, it was a good lesson for them to understand their emotions. So to place your feet back to where you were. And some people did take action. I don't know how many people you talked to, clients or not, Danny, that took all their money off the table. Right? They went 100% to, to mm-hmm. cash, which we never agree with. And now they're regretting it and they want to know when to get back in. And I'm like, uh, you're not, nor should you. So this is the kind of thing, I think there are lessons where you have one foot in, Jan, uh, in June and you have one foot in today and you got to figure out what kind of ground you're on financially because now you having, you're getting a break. You're getting some relief here to make clear decisions. So I am all for people reallocating here if they feel they need to. I talked to one person that was so panicky um, before, not a client of ours, but so panicky. Uh, and now he's all bold. He's got cash. Mm-hmm. He wants to go back in. I said, do you remember the conversations we had where you said the whole world was falling apart? Oh, yeah, but, you know, look at it now. I'm like, okay. But nothing's we, changed. Nothing's other changed. Other than the market, right? But th- that doesn't mean that's... Economic conditions yeah. haven't changed, all right? It, inflation, by the way, has not changed. And it's not zero, by the way, which is also funny. Uh, so <laughs> there are a lot of zeros, but that ain't it. So I'm saying is you've got to check yourself. This is a good time to do it. This it, is a good time to do it. It is. You know, and I've, I've, I visit with different people as well, just like you do, Rich. And, you know, one thing I think it's, it's so easy to get emotional because, look, <laughs> this is your, it's your security blanket. It's, you worked hard for these funds, and we realize that. And so we want to make sure that we, you know, we don't take that for granted. And we understand that this is what's going to help you carry you forward, especially those who are retired or very near it. And that's why we do the financial plans the way we do. Mm-hmm. We account for these types of environments where we're going to have lower returns. We're going to have negative returns. Right. And, and I think that's really important to understand that we can't avoid downturns. Now, we can mitigate risk during them. When we can we be d- proactive. And we, and we have absolutely done yeah. it. And frankly, we're not rushing into this. But you, you have to be cautious. Very, right. And, and if we were to place trades, it would be a trade. And it would be with a discipline. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the more important things. So, you know, talking to somebody who says, look, I've been out. I got out. Now it's time for me to get back in. Well, when did you get out? Mm-hmm. Would be my number one question. And this is something you should ask yourself. That's good. Did you get out at the bottom? 
Did you get out before yeah. all this happened? Yeah. Let me give me the date. Yeah. And I'm going to look it up for you. Well, and, and then <laughs> and then now you want to get back in. Think about why you want to get back in. What has materially changed? Just like you said, mm-hmm. inflation's still there. Mm-hmm. Nothing has materially changed other than the market has changed it, how they're viewing the information for the moment. But this is not out of context when we have everybody on one side of the boat, Rich. Mm-hmm. We typically see it swing the other way. And that who knows how this ends up. I think we have a pretty good idea if we look at some of the, the economic data, if we look at historical numbers and what happens in, in times like this. I think we can get a pretty good understanding. Now, everybody says this time is different because every time is different mm-hmm. until it's not. Right. But if you don't know yourself, you got to check yourself and do it now. And to Danny's point, you're going to get whipslide here. What if this is just a sucker punch rally? Because nothing's really changed. If anything, the economic conditions are deteriorating. They continue to, albeit slowly. Yeah. I mean, it's like death by a thousand cuts that we're going through right now. But sooner or later, the unemployment number is going to relent if the Fed keeps it up. So... It's nice to be in the positive animal spirits where bad news is good news and less good news is great good news. It's okay. We understand markets work this way. We get that. But you can't afford to make big decisions based on these animal spirits that are going to whip around you quite a bit. And um, that's where, like you said, Danny, you anchor to a few things. You anchor to financial plan. You anchor to what kind of returns do you need? How much risk can you take? But that's it. Otherwise, you are, you are floating in the wind. So like you said, economic conditions have not really changed much. We're going to see how consumer sentiment looks this morning. It's coming out. Um, obviously, inflation expectations are coming down. Lance talked about this, too, that we were going to see over time inflation come down. But the point is, what do you need to do to get to that nebulous 2% target? Is that target appropriate for maybe some of the structural changes that have occurred post-pandemic? I don't understand maybe why the world's changed. The world changed after the financial crisis. The world's changed after the pandemic. Why are we sticking to this target? Maybe the target isn't 2%, but as long as the Fed thinks it is, it's going to push real hard to get there. I think Larry Summers said something like, um, we would need roughly 6% unemployment to get inflation down to a level that's uh, closer to the target. And that's going to be tough. We're already seeing layoffs. Again, this market was overdone. Lance was pounding the table about it. And then I, I'll never forget the, the meeting we had, Danny, before this move, where it seemed like a lot of the, there was a lot of um, conditions that were going to lead to a bust out uh, to the upside, uh, more than we'd seen in the past. It was a really good setup there whether or not it was going to come to fruition, we didn't know, but it absolutely looked like one of the better setups for the markets to recover. But you might be in this place with a lot of cash and no, and trying to figure out what to do. And if without, without Danny, you said it without rules, 
of what you're going to do. Listen, we had 1% exposure, 2%. We know exactly where we're going to place money. We know exactly where it's going to come out. We look at the technicals and the fundamentals. We do it very unemotionally. But it's hard. Danny, it's hard. Why do people come to us? They come to us because they can't make these decisions on their own. We just have to help them understand why we're making decisions we are. But there are people out there that want to continue to make their own, and that's perfectly fine. Well, it, it, it is difficult, especially when you're actively managing the funds and you're going mm -hmm. by a discipline and you're mm -hmm. not just buying and holding, right? That's the easy route. That would be great. And, and listen, there are times that that works, but we do realize, we understand the math of loss. Mm -hmm. We know that in these environments, when you're in retirement, you're getting near it. Or, you know what? Everybody says, hey, you can be young and you can just throw caution to the wind. I think it's baloney, really rich. I mean, think about it. If you could sidestep a downturn, put funds back to work when things are cheaper, wouldn't you want to? Sure. Absolutely. Don't talk about baloney, though, because I'm hungry. You're hungry already. <laughs> All right, guys, you're listening to The Real Investment Show. We'll be right back after this yeah. quick break. investment advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com in 1999 a para group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients best interest these men promptly escaped from a high cost margin environment to the houston energy corridor today still excoriated by their former employers they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. Real Investment Show podcasts are now available from Stitcher Smart Radio at Stitcher.com. Hi, Lance Roberts here. If you're like most people, your 401k plan represents the bulk of your retirement assets. And unfortunately for many, managing your 401k plan can be difficult. There's so many choices, so many things to consider. With just a quick email, a couple of questions, you can put RIA advisors to work for you managing your 401k plan. It's a quick and easy application. Just simply click Ask a Question at realinvestmentadvice.com or give us a call at 855-RIA-PLAN. That's realinvestmentadvice.com. Have market gyrations caused you to lose sleep? If so, it's because you have more risk in your portfolio than you realize. It's time to reevaluate your long-term investing strategy with RIA Advisors. Our disciplined approach can help eliminate unnecessary risk. If you think it's time to work with an advisor who puts your interests first, it's time for Real Investment Advice. RIAadvisors.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. Hi, this is Charlie K. Dow. You know, sound money advice isn't just for grown-ups. So pay attention, kids. Here's Ratliff and Rosso on Financial Fitness Friday. Hey, welcome back to the Real Investment Show, Financial Fitness Friday edition. Hope everybody's off to a great start this morning. So Brent, did you know that people in Dubai don't like the Flintstones? People in Dubai don't like the Flintstones? No, but the people in Abu Dhabi do. Oh! You, you all got a dad joke yeah. for this weekend. Mm -hmm. Be a hero to your kids. I hey, always, I'm going to have to come up with one every Friday, I think. I always wondered how Betty and Wilma walked on those little feet. 
weird. <laughs> Carefully. Yeah, it was. That was a great show. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think today would probably be banned for some reason. Can't figure out. Why. There's a lot of those shows that would never get off the ground this day, these days. <sighs> like Gilligan's yeah. Island. Yeah. No. Bewitched. Bewitched. Oh man, those were good ones. Hazel. Hazel sounded like Janet Yellen. Oh, Mr. B. <laughs> that was a good show. People on YouTube are going, what the hell is I don't, Hazel? I don't think Leave it to Beaver would have made it today. No, I don't think so either. Too traditional? Yeah. yeah it's way oh, too yeah. traditional. Oh, June. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, no. No. <clears throat> Very much. That, thank goodness they have these channels. Mm-hmm. Like Cozy and MeTV, where you can go back to when things were calm and nice and yes, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but they do have a parental advisory on them now. Do they? Do not wear a suit while you're mowing the lawn. <laughs> or pearls while you're vacuuming the house. Now, didn't you have a crush on um, Elizabeth Montgomery in Bewitched? No. Hmm. I was a I Dream a Genie kind of crush guy. You could have more than one. <laughs> Take it from me. Yeah. So. I don't know what I would do if I came in the house and Michelle was fully dressed with, you know, nice clothes on, vacuuming. <laughs> I would think something's wrong. I think we're going where we don't want to go right now. I think she'd want you to take her out someplace. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's what that clue is. Yeah, I don't know. Now it's Danny. Michelle comes home and Danny's got the vacuum. <laughs> so. Hey, man. Happy wife. Happy life. <laughs> It's worth it to vacuum. I also like those lines on the carpet. Makes yeah, me, make yeah. me make me calm. Yeah, I like that. Looks like a golf course. I heard they wanted to remake Bewitched, and yes. I'm like, how is that going to work? Not very well. Yeah, no. Maybe just not. So just leave all those shows alone, mm -hmm. the way they are. Do not remake them. Do your other junk, whatever <laughs> you're doing right now. So, well, I wanted to say one thing. Uh, Lance has got a really good article out um, that you should check out. <clears throat> Long-term returns are unsustainable. Yep, he's being the party pooper. And his party pooper mentality is how we actually do our planning because we're looking at reversions to the mean over time, especially when I don't have the Fed feeding me junk food and providing the tailwind that overlooks many financial mistakes. So it's a really good article um, that goes over why they are over at Real Investment Advice. But Danny, that's again why it's just a function of math. And that's what we use in planning for forward-looking returns, right? Yeah. We, we tell people, people like, we're not being pessimistic. We're not being optimistic. We're just giving you the real deal here. This is what we expect returns to be over the next 10 to 15 years. And we've got to prepare you accordingly. And whatever return you need, remember, part of it's going to come from us managing risk or whoever your financial advisor is, but the other part has to come from you. Your habits, your earnings potential, right? Mistakes cannot be overlooked when I don't have the Fed coming in there and filling the cracks with liquidity. So we have to be real careful what we do going forward. So that's why our plans reflect that. You know, it's, it's, it's so interesting that we always want to rationalize what the markets are doing and, and why. And for so many years, it was difficult to rationalize why the markets were going up other than the Fed was continuing to pump liquidity into the markets. 
And, you know, easy money made things a heck of a lot easier on many different fronts. But what makes us think that what made us go up won't bring us down when we start taking that punch bowl away? And I think that's when, one of the things we have to be mindful of. And especially in this environment where, you know, we do see inflation. We see so many different pressures that we have not seen over the last decade. I mean, think about the things that we're, we're encountering right now. And it's not just a, you know, a geopolitical risk at the moment. It's much, much more than that. You know, because I know we keep hearing that, oh, that's what's caused inflation. Look, monetary policy, fiscal policy, those have caused inflation. Geopolitical risk, yeah, that 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 certainly doesn't help. Energy policy, that certainly doesn't help. Mm. We had a perfect storm right here. We did. We did. I mean, you look at the drought across the world and food prices right. and fertilizer. I mean, like you said, everything hit um, at once. Also, there is this trend that seems to be moving away from globalization, Right. Um, many countries have proverbial walls up. And um, if you haven't read, read Peter Zane's book, The End of the World is Just the Beginning, you really need to pick it up. But it just looks at how the world is going to fracture. Who are going to be the winners? Who are going to be the losers? Uh, I really believe that this is what we're going to start to see. Um, so there'll always be a place to invest. But it may not be as clear sailing as we think without the Fed there. To, to help us out. Now, again, in a couple of years, we, we, we don't know. The Fed may be lowering rates again, right? Because overall, demographics are deflationary. We don't have enough children across the globe. Uh, and that's very important uh, economic, for economic growth overall. And uh, that's a p- overall deflationary. So we'll have to see how this all um, pans out. But these storms that you're talking about, Danny, they're lasting a lot longer than people thought they would. They're lasting longer than we thought they would. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of ways. And, and when you think about it, how these things came to fruition and, and what's occurring now, I mean, a lot of it does make sense in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we thought inflation would subside a lot quicker than what we've seen, but we didn't have all these additional things a year ago that we have had that's right. happened over the last eight, nine months which have just made the problem even worse. Right, and then we could have legislation. I mean, look at what's happened with clean energy stocks, right? They've taken off. Well, what if this bill doesn't go through? I mean, a lot of things going on right now for you to keep a level head. I know a lot of people that are just spending a lot of time focusing on what they can control in their own household, Danny, right? Where their money goes. We had a great turnout, thank you, for Inflation Nation with tips. Um, it was a really great lunch and learn. We have a lot of other uh, events that will be coming up over the next few months. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, lunch and learns, candid coffees, um, <clears throat> to make sure that we're communicating with you and you're communicating with us what's important to you. And we learn a lot from clients and the audience about the pulse of how you're all feeling. That's I right. Think, I think the general pulse is everybody's crappy. What do you think? I think everybody's got a little fatigue. Capital I mean, C. No. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of fatigue. Like if social media went away forever, I think some of our batteries would recharge dramatically. Yeah, I agree. Did you see that meme uh, that, hey, we hope um, Musk buys the IRS and then puts it out of its misery? <laughs> <laughs> Puts it out of our misery. <laughs> as well as his. Isn't he now messing with Twitter saying he's going to start a new social media platform similar to Twitter? But why? I think he's just trying to harass him at this he, point. He is a 
<laughs> he pokes the bear mm-hmm. so yeah. many times. Yeah. That's where I think I like social media when I see a lot of people fighting back. Oh, they're so pokeable. Oh, my goodness. But people are afraid to do it. He's not. He mm. just goes right out yeah. there and starts poking. All you have to do is tell the truth. I would just tell him to keep his shirt on because they're giving people a lot of material. <laughs> keep your shirt on. That would be my only suggestion. <laughs> oh, that boy is white. Yeah, he needs to get out a little more. <laughs> yeah, he's. I, I almost got, uh, I mean, the reflection off my computer. I was like, what is that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, get out in the sun more. Just a little bit. We should have him. He, he lives in Texas part of the year. Yeah. What's he doing? In a bunker, clearly. <laughs> Air conditioned bunker. <laughs> That's true, man. That's true. Hey, so part of the financial planning, what we do, um, it's always important to look at the state of Social Security, right? And we 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 track the trust fund very carefully. We look at it unemotionally. We also know how important it is for the success of plans because you have to face it. When it comes to retirement, income is the lifeblood. I want growth, of course, because I want to overcome inflation over time, but I need cash flow. I need money and I need it now, right? Social Security, guaranteed income, pensions, dividends, right? These are things that become much more important as you get closer to retirement and are in retirement versus you being in your 20s. And I can't imagine where pensions are going to be when our kids Danny and grandkids, when they start working, they'll be long, long gone. They, they won't, probably won't even know what they are. I mean, <laughs> it, there'll be watch. such a change. You'll have to watch the little rascals to figure out because they talk about pensions a lot. When I was a kid, I was like, what the heck is that pension? I want one of those. <laughs> Whatever it is. Grandpa got a pension. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And bought all the kids everything they wanted. So, but it's going to be archaic. You know, nobody's going to know. So Social Security has become America's pension. So when you look at voters, uh, look at a study at commondreams.org, Social Security becomes very, very important to voters on both sides of the aisle. Um, n- numerous studies from insurance companies show how, regardless, Social Security is important. I know there's this talk that they, there's always this talk about, hey, we don't want to cut. Of course not. We don't want it privatized. And I am one of those people who do not believe privatizing Social Security is a good idea. Only because I see what people do with their money. (laughs) I mean, think about a pension, right? The money goes away. It's socked away. You can't touch it. Having some form of pension or guaranteed income works. Because look at the state of retirement savings today, Danny. Oh, it's awful. It's abysmal. And that's that's a bigger problem. And so... Privatization could be good if you don't give access or give all the leakage that we talk about within the 401ks. The yeah, you don't, and maybe you have to pass a test to see how you're going to manage it. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe you privatize it. You let a company actually take care of this instead of the actual mm, individual. government. Or the government, yes. And the individual. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, then maybe. The problem is just like most pensions, right? Everybody's going to say somebody's bigger, badder, better. And they're going to say, oh, I want that one. That's the shiniest. They promised me the best returns. And we see what happens. Look at all these big pension funds that are in shambles because of it. Absolutely. We get back. We want to talk about a little bit about long-term care. Important stuff. 
Stay tuned. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. In 1999, a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients' best interest. These men promptly escaped from a high-cost margin environment to the Houston Energy Corridor. Today, still excoriated by their former employers, they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. The Real Investment Show. I'm going to fight back with Danny a little bit. Oh. What does a baby computer call his father? I don't know. Dada. <laughs> All right, Rich, you stick to the, the voices, okay? I'll stick to the dad jokes. Now, that was a good one. What do you call a Frenchman wearing sandals? Philippe Flop. <laughs> Brent's like, I'm done with this show today. Stop it now. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'll take care of that, okay? I do like this one. Why is it so cheap to throw a party at a haunted house? Why? Go spring all the booze. Oh. Oh, man. Speaking of booze, don't boo us when we talk about long-term care insurance. Listen, it's tough, right? Um, When it comes to that in plans, first of all, nobody wants to face the fact possibly that they might have a blip, a situation where they can't perform certain activities of daily living, even temporarily. But as we age, as we get older and we live longer, it is going to most likely happen and you must prepare. Whether you self-insure, which is fine if your financial plan says that that works. Um, Long-term care insurance can be cost prohibitive after a certain age. So you got to be careful. Um, So more and more people, and Danny, we've seen this, um, are looking at sort of hybrid policies for long-term care. Now, Washington State, which was uh, very unique, they created this long-term care benefits program. And I think more states are going to do this because what Washington State said was, hey, you all don't buy your own insurance. We're going to buy it. You're going to pay for it, right? So they see the crisis. I think more and more states are probably going to come up with something like this. So you are seeing... um, Standalone long-term care insurance, that's falling. Well, how many, peop- how many vendors are there out there for? There's not um, many, and, yeah. and I think that's the kicker. You know, back in the 80s and 90s, there were over 100 companies that offered long-term care. Mm-hmm. Now there's, you know, a handful, uh, maybe two handfuls, and that's about it. But, you know, going back to Washington State, I think this <clears> is really unique yeah. what they did. I mean, they enacted a 0.58% payroll tax yes. to start covering long-term care needs or... You could avoid that if you could prove that you had your own long-term care set up. And I would so, rather I get it correct. than the state purchase it. That's right. And so, you know, I think we're always a better steward of our own funds, or mm-hmm. we should be. I mean, let's, well, you know, we know the numbers. Generally. But we should be 
versus what the state does or the government for that matter. So, But if I'm making that long-term care decision correct. financially, I probably have some fiscal awareness, right? You would hope. Yeah. But, you know, and, and you look at any long-term care, I mean, look at articles on long-term care and go in the comments section mm-hmm. and, you, and you see two things. You see, um, you see people say, man, this is the best thing since sliced bread. Thank goodness that we have this. This is helping in this way. Or you see the other end of it. We're saying, you know what? I got priced out of it. It's not the best policy. It's not the best thing. And I get both sides of it. And yes. the traditional long-term care, I mean, we talked about this. I had a client right now who's about to turn 80. Um, his long-term care premium, which he's had for 25 years, is going through the roof. Mm-hmm. You're um, seeing and, a lot. You're seeing increases yeah. of anywhere from 10 to 25% in premiums. Well, this is something that was a couple hundred bucks years ago. Mm-hmm. And and now it's six, seven, eight hundred, going up another hundred bucks mm-hmm. next year. I mean, these things, they go up astronomical the closer you're getting to needing it. And the problem, though, with those... If I'm 80 years old, I want to try to keep it. That's right. And so many people are getting priced out. Luckily, mm-hmm. this gentleman has the funds to be able to, to meet these additional price mm-hmm. increases. Many don't. And mm-hmm. that's where I think it, long-term care gets a really bad rap. But to your point, you were mentioning the hybrid strategy, yep. which I really like because you know you have a set cost. So whether you pay that up front, you pay it over time, they're not going to inflate that cost on you, and you know exactly what you're going to get out of it. You do, and you don't have the draconian underwriting in these individual life long-term care combination policies. And those sales have increased 39% over 2020. That's from the Lemra that uh, handles these kinds of things, the organization. So... Um, it, they're very popular also because, listen, if you're paying long-term care premiums, you don't want to use the insurance. You're hoping you're paying those premiums and never going to take a benefit, right? <laughs> I don't want to have a long-term care event. So I'm putting all this money into a policy. With these kinds of policies, Danny, you have the ability to have a death benefit. That's right. Right? So I, this, personally, this is what I do, right? So I know how much coverage I'm buying. And I know that if I don't use it, uh, my daughter gets my uh, gets my premiums back. So that's great. So it works just like a life insurance policy. Now, there is a difference, too, on how you claim benefits on these combo plans. Isn't it a lot easier, Danny? Well, it depends. I mean, you have indemnity and non-indemnity plans. Mm-hmm. And so historically, you want one that you're not going to have to pull together receipts each and every month. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, if you're in long-term care, you're probably not doing it, but a loved one is. And so they spend a lot of time doing that's it. That's right. It, it could be a part-time job. And so I do have clients who've said, listen, here's what my parents have. And, it, and it's a godsend in so many ways. But it is such a pain in the rear to go through putting all these things together, mm-hmm. sending them in. I don't want, I need a policy, but I don't want one like this. And a lot of times, you know, what happens is when by the time we decide we need a policy, it's because a loved one's going through it and we're in the fire with them. Yeah. Saying, okay. And, and you know what? I think it's great. You need to do it whenever you can. But many times it's often too late because you're, you're much older. Um, premiums for you are going to be that much higher. So take, you know, think about this. You need insurance before you need it. And, you know, we want to make sure we get this a lot sooner than later. So the problem is many people want to do it. You know, we're knocking on the door of potentially needing it. That's when it gets really expensive. It does. Uh, it does. Um, risk mitigation in your plan is very important, whether it's, you know, these, these are the kinds of events that will make or break you financially, unless you have built up tremendous assets and you can handle these kinds of things, or you have a lot of home equity and you can use reverse mortgage or how and tap equity. Whatever it is, you need to understand 
that these kinds of events can really devastate you financially. When children are going through it with parents, it really op- it's, it's a light bulb that goes off for them to say, you know, I really haven't thought of this, but I think I will. In some way, there's a, there's a blessing in this, even though Correct. it's tough to see this um, and work through. Maybe I am the caregiver going through all the documentation. Um, but I know a lot of people that will call me and say, Rich, I don't want to go through what mom or dad has gone through, whether they have insurance or not. I need to make sure or understand how I'm covered. So it does hit close to home, but it also spurs action. And that's not a bad thing um, at all, because otherwise we're sort of in denial. That's why, I mean, I see so many, I, I mean, it kills me. I see so many stories, you know, GoFundMe pages, Danny, mm-hmm. young families, right? They have multiple kids and mom or dad dies. And they're, they they well, listen, they didn't have life insurance. I'm like, how do you not have life insurance with young children? I, so I, I don't even understand. Don't. I mean, but, you know, I it's... That denial, and then all of a sudden your family's in dilemma. You have to look at these things. And a plan really brings it to the surface. Again, we go through long, we're fiduciaries. We're not here to push insurance on anybody. We're here to help you mitigate risk. For some people, they don't need life insurance. They don't need long-term care insurance. They don't need disability income insurance. But a lot of times they do. We want to make sure you understand if, if you don't buy it, this is how it would work. And um, I, I, I would say there are a lot of clients I work with, Danny, like you do, that don't really need long-term care insurance or maybe need it on the, the, um, their, their spouse that's going to live the longest. But what I'm Correct. really concerned about is you have more and more people, older Americans that are single. You know, they divorce later, they're alone, and they need caregivers, and they need this long-term care insurance. And um, they're not prepared. And these hybrid policies, at least you know what you're going to get and have the ability to leave that money to somebody you care about um, if you don't use those, use that uh, policy. And also, I will dare to say, you're not going to have to worry about a premium increase. There are no surprises. If it's 400 bucks a month, it's 400 bucks a month. With, with long-term care insurance, it's like, oh, well, it's $400 a month now, but now all of a sudden I get like your, like your client. Well, now it's 800 Oh, gosh, what do I do now? So that's a problem because these premiums are going to go up. Usually on these hybrid policies, right, Danny, the premiums are locked or the, what you're paying in every month or a lump sum, that's locked. You know what you're, what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to worry about that price increase later down the road. But keep in mind, this is typically used to subsidize, not to take care of the whole... Correct expense. And I think that's where the bigger problems are made. When you see these numbers, you think, oh my gosh, I can't afford that. Well, you're not going to, to go get a seven, eight, nine, ten thousand dollar benefit today. You're gonna to subsidize that because you're gonna have right. income, you're gonna have assets, you're gonna have your social security, you're going to have your I'm not gonna say pension because you know, if we talked about how most people don't have that, but your home. Home can be an asset. You know, you talked Absolutely. about the reverse mortgage, you just mentioned that briefly. That could be a, a possible, you know. Home equity is like at an all-time high. Correct. You may want to tap that if you're not going to downsize. Um, I think the issue is, and we see it, Danny, people don't get sold insurance. They get oversold insurance. they do. When you have a financial plan done, your insurance decision becomes much more surgical, much more thoughtful, much much more, it's much more of a process. 
because you're narrowing it down to exactly what you need. You're backing into the number. You're backing by into at the number. Correct. Everything. That's a good way to put it, as opposed to just saying, "Hey, Danny, Michelle, oh my gosh, you need all this coverage." And I'm like, "Wait a minute, wait a minute." <laughs> I have a friend right now who wants life insurance. He keeps on saying, "Hey, look, look at this guy. My buddy gave me." And I'm uh-huh. like, "I'm not going to do this." He's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "We're going to back into the numbers. Do do the mm-hmm. stuff for your financial plan. We will do this. I'll help you all day long. That's but a I'm good not way just going to gonna throw this out at you. Back into the number. Like, how Don't do we know jump you need into this? the number? Oh, I like that." And you can only back into the number through financial planning. That's it. That's all we got. And if you're watching, I'm talking about you. You Uh know who you are. Oh, goodness. Is it B192035 on YouTube? I don't know who that is. Okay, listen. Hey, next week we'll be back. Have a great weekend, everybody. Lance on Monday. Check out his new article, realinvestmentadvice.com. Sign up. You'll love it. See ya. It's a rich man's world.